Blog Talk Radio. Linda Campbell, and it is HypnoBits, October 14th, 2016, and I am in beautiful Victoria, B.C. I am the director of the Canadian Association of Clinical Hypnotherapists and Educators, and I am a registered clinical counseling hypnotherapist. HypnoBits is a show geared towards students and practitioners of hypnotherapy, and in today's session, we're going to be talking about one of the big mistakes that I see new hypnotherapists in particular making competing on price, or worse yet, not even charging for sessions. So I'm going to go off on a little rant here, and where I'd like to begin is just looking into that a bit. In some cases, practitioners are uncomfortable talking about money. When I first started doing hypnosis, I was in a small town, and I only charged $60 a session at the time, but I had been working a job that paid $16 an hour, so it was hard at first for me to ask for four times the hourly rate I was used to making. Now I charge $150 an hour, and it's easy for me to say it without looking away or feeling fraudulent. But in the beginning, I actually had to practice saying $60 per session with confidence and really owning it. We have all kinds of stuff around money, don't we? So many of us are brought up hearing things like, you can't make money doing what you love or doing something creative. Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard for your money. Money is the root of all evil. It isn't spiritual to want money, blah, blah, blah. Personally, I was taught that if you don't, that you don't have to love your work, the garbage man doesn't love picking up the garbage, you just put in your hard day's work, get your paycheck, and you can enjoy life when you retire. So I had to work through all of these limiting beliefs to really embrace doing what I love, being successful at it, and getting paid well as a result. So as hypnotherapists, we know that the messages we receive can still be tucked away in the subconscious mind, driving our behavior. And if we haven't done our own work, these old beliefs can be incredibly limiting. We may have a hard time telling somebody what we charge, charging a reasonable rate, because this old stuff is getting in the way. Another issue that new or inexperienced hypnotherapists have is that they think, oh, I'm inexperienced, so I'm not going to charge much when I start out. But people value what they pay money for. If I tell you that you can have my car for free, your first thought is what? What's wrong with it? I actually remember being at a presentation once and feeling the love in the room. I offered that anyone at the presentation could get a free session if they contacted me afterwards and told me that they had attended. How many people do you think actually called me? zero, none, nobody took me up on it. Why? Probably they thought, wow, she must not be very good or something to that effect. So I've seen new hypnotherapists give away sessions for free, thinking that if they did good work, those people would come back for more sessions paid or they would send other people to them. But then they're surprised when that strategy doesn't work (laughs) and they don't get referrals or see that the people they saw for free don't return for paid sessions. So why does that happen? Why does the strategy of I will treat you for free and you'll return for more sessions and send everyone to me because I'm that good not work? (laughs) Well, there can be a lot of reasons. The people that you gave sessions for free to may not come back because maybe they didn't value the work that you did because you did it for free. They may not see results because they didn't uh, they, because they interpret the fact that because it was free, it meant that you didn't have confidence, and then that affects their results. Or maybe they were just trying to help you out in your practice. 
help you get your practice starting started. And they agreed to the sessions in order to help you out, but they weren't really committed to getting results or making the change. That wasn't their purpose. Their purpose was just about helping you. It was more out of sympathy that they came. Or here's another thing to consider. Maybe you did do good work in that one free session and the person actually felt that there was a transformation of some kind, but they didn't realize that there was more work to do. They actually thought that they were done. See, people don't really understand hypnosis. It can be incredibly fast-acting and incredibly powerful, but often it requires reinforcement to get lasting results. And if you manage to shift the person in that first session, they may think that they're done. I actually know somebody who was really good at discussing what was going on with people during their consultation. In fact, he was so good that people often had a big aha moment when they talked to him for free about their issues. So they totally felt transformed. They saw the light. Their problem got resolved. And they never came back to do any deeper work or to integrate the insight that they had in order to make it last. So he had a lot of fans who thought that he was really gifted, but he didn't make any money because it appeared to his potential clients that they were fixed during the consultation. And the sad thing about this is that if the client doesn't return, chances are their results are going to wear off if the suggestions weren't deeply imprinted into the psyche or the cause of their issue was not sufficiently addressed. So they're going to end up thinking the hypnosis didn't work. If they don't come back for a follow-up session because they don't believe in you or in hypnosis, then, well, it's kind of hard to get your practice off the ground. I've seen a lot of hypnotherapists think that if they just do good work, they're going to get clients. Yet, they work on people for free, and it's not building their practice. So why don't those people you work on for free send everybody they know to you afterwards? Too many people are relying on magical thinking. How many of us hope that we're just going to do really good work and everybody will you know, tell everybody they know our practice is going to fill up, we won't have to do anything else to get those clients? It's a really nice idea, right? Uh, I was in a workshop a while back where a participant announced that she wanted all of her business to come from referrals. And that just doesn't happen, especially not in the beginning. This is what I call hope marketing. You're just hoping that your business will build, that business will come your way without having to do anything to get it. Consider the fact that people are coming us to work on their deep emotional issues. I often have clients tell me things that they have never told somebody else. Things that they're telling me while we work together are, are things sometimes they don't even share with their spouse. They tell their secrets. They tell the things they hold shame and guilt around. And if you think your clients are going to tell you sorry, tell everybody that they know what great work you did with them, you're sadly mistaken because there's still a fair amount of stigma associated with getting therapy. And if they're telling you things that they've never told anyone else, why would they then go to a bunch of people and tell them what they were working on with you? Does that make sense? There's stigma associated with getting therapy, and this is likely even more so with hypnotherapy because of all the misconceptions surrounding hypnosis. I've actually had some personal experience of this. So I used to belong to a business networking group called BNI, Business Networking International. So the purpose of the group is to experience one another's services, and they only have one person from each different field in a meeting. And the idea is that we get to know one another and refer to one another. So I was working with several members of the group, but when it came to the part of the meeting where we would discuss what it was like to experience one another's services and give a testimonial or make a referral, nobody was speaking up. Even though they were happy about what we were working on when we were working privately, they weren't speaking about it during the meetings. 
And I realized that maybe it was the stigma. So I offered everybody in the networking group a free session to just try out my services so that they could make a warm referral. They would actually know what I did (laughs) and thereby would be able to talk about it with potential clients. And then people that I'd been working with for several sessions would say in the meeting, oh, I went and saw Linda for that free session. And they would talk about what the free session was like. In other words, they were willing to admit to the group that they came for the freebie, but they weren't opening up about the fact that they'd come to see me privately to work on things like their sexual abuse or their stutter or their performance anxiety or their tendency to drink too much. If somebody has a great plumber fix their sink, there's no shame in telling other people to use his services. But people are not as likely to talk about this great hypnotherapist who helped them with their addiction or their anxiety or their sexual dysfunction. There, there may be people who refer their friends and family, and there are lighter issues that we work on that people might not mind talking about. And sure, some clients will talk about their private lives to others. But if you're relying on referrals as your main source to get clients, you could be waiting a long time to get anything back, even from people who you did really fantastic work on. And waiting for referrals also means you're disempowered. I say this because you're waiting for somebody else to tell people about you and send them to you, and that means that you're dependent upon something outside of yourself to grow your business. Also, you have no control over what somebody else says or doesn't say about your practice. We have no control over the marketing message that they deliver on your behalf. So back to my business networking international story. Uh, I finally had somebody who came to work on a goal share a bit about what his session was like. So we had worked on his addiction to purchasing electronics online. We did a regression to cause. He understood immediately where the problem stemmed from, got instant results. In fact, he actually went home and sold some of the things that he had purchased on eBay the evening we did the session. But you know what he shared at the business networking group? Well, during the session, he had had an ab reaction where he felt he was nauseated and like he was spinning and he sat up in the chair and pointed to the garbage can and thought he was going to throw up. And I talked him through it, and we looked at how that feeling had come up when I mentioned the name of an ex-girlfriend who used to control the money in their household. And basically what was going on is in his life currently, he's now married, has kids, uh, he, was, he was reacting to the old girlfriend who controlled money by buying stuff all the time, even though that old girlfriend wasn't still in the picture. And it was really obvious to him when we did the session that it was related to this girlfriend because as soon as I mentioned her, he felt like he was going to throw up. So we worked through it. He got great results. He was really impressed. But what did he say at the business networking group? Well, what he said was, the session with Linda was great. I thought I was going to puke, but I didn't. And that was it. (laughs) There was nothing about the insight. There was nothing about the results. It wasn't exactly the marketing message that I would want to deliver. Come and see me. You're going to feel like you're going to puke, but you won't. You know, like I'm not going to have that printed on my business cards, for God's sakes. So again, because of the sensitive nature of the work that we do, somebody, even somebody who gets great results may never reveal to other people what they did to make the changes. So we need to know how to properly market ourselves. We need to know how to ask for payments so that we're not dependent upon, upon anybody else to send work our way. We want to have control over the message. We need to take the power back into our own hands and become self-reliant. We need to be proactive about getting clients. And when we get those clients, they need to pay for our service. So again, a person who comes to see us who gets the session for free may not value your work because it's free. Maybe they haven't seen results. Maybe the result may have worn off. Uh, Maybe they don't tell everybody their private business and reveal that they saw a hypnotherapist. So there's that stigma again. If you're giving away sessions for free to people, 
when you get started out in your practice, at some point you're going to run out of people that you know to give sessions away free to. There's not going to be anyone else to give sessions to, and then your marketing, if it's weak, you're th- it's, everything's just going to dry up at this point. Your practice isn't going to move past that point. So, again, I'm really warning you against giving away sessions for free, and I'm warning you against giving cheap, discounted sessions as well. So I had a student of mine tell me that when she was ready to launch her practice, she was going to offer a Groupon. If you're unfamiliar with Groupon, it's a really steep discount, usually 75% or more off of a service. The idea being that a certain number of people have to sign up for the Groupon or nobody gets the discount. So when my student told me she was going to offer a Groupon for hypnotherapy, I was mortified by the idea. Now, I have no issue with Groupons in general, I don't have an issue with a restaurant giving a Groupon or maybe a car rental service or a yoga studio or something like that. But we're in the business of personal growth, transformation. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a client who's looking for discount transformation. These are not people who are committed to doing the work. These are people who are sampling your services. I want the client who is all in. I want the client who doesn't care what it's going to cost. They're going to find a way to make it work because their mental health, their emotional health, their spiritual health is so vitally important to them that they prioritize it above everything else. That's the client I want to work with. I want the client who doesn't flinch when I say what I charge because they know how much value there is in taking care of themselves and they're in it for the long haul. That's the psychology of my ideal client. How about you? Do you want the client who thinks, well, I'll try a session and see? Or do you want the client who says, I'm worth it, let's do this? <laughs> Which client do you think is going to get better results? So there's something else to consider about the psychology of the client who comes for a free or discounted session. This client does not see you as an expert. They are sampling your services to see if it's worth it to them to do more sessions. So they're not valuing your skill or your knowledge or your education or your expertise. They want you to prove yourself to them. When they take us for a test drive by trying out that free session, we're always in a state of having to prove ourselves. And again, this isn't the role that I want to be in with my client. I want the client to trust my expertise, to trust my training, my knowledge, my strategy, I don't want there to be this weird power imbalance where I have to prove my worth to them. I know what my services are worth. I know how incredibly transforming hypnotherapy can be. I've seen the results firsthand to know that it can be absolutely life-changing. Okay, so I want to spend a moment here to talk about what a pain in the butt it is to work with a client who is value hunting. Recently, I asked a bunch of therapists what their biggest challenge was in working with their clients. The answer, unmotivated clients. If you offer a deep discount or you work with a bargain hunter, I guarantee you these are the clients who will cancel sessions, they will show up late, they'll expect more of your time after the session, these are the ones who will bounce a check or ask for money back. I tell my students, never work harder than the client. We are showing up, we are planning sessions, we are thinking about the client before and after our work with them. We want people who are going to put in at least what we are putting into the time together, if not more, hell, it's their transformation after all. So charge what the transformation is worth. So you'll notice that I just said, charge what the transformation is worth. That was on purpose. We need to be looking not just at what the time is worth, but what the transformation is worth to the client. 
Now, most of us get jobs and get paid an hourly wage long before we ever decide to go into the business for ourselves. So we get used to looking at how much an hour or so of our time is worth. In fact, we get used to looking at the worth of things in a specific way. So, for example, I might spend $50 to $100 on a pair of shoes, but I might not spend $700. I might spend $15,000 or $20,000 on a car, but probably not going to spend $250,000 on a car. I might take myself out for a meal that costs 40 to 50 bucks, but I'd be uncomfortable spending $750 on a meal. So we've got these ideas as to what we're willing to spend, what an hour is worth or what an item is worth. We're just kind of conditioned to see the worth of things in this way and, again, to see the worth of an hour of our time in this way as well. So I really encourage you to get out of that mindset If you've been working a minimum wage job and you're used to making $10 an hour and you spent an hour with your client, is that session only worth $10? If you charge $10 for the session, I would want to hunt you down and beat you with a stick for God's sakes. That session is worth far more, obviously, than $10. What is it worth for a client to no longer have post-traumatic stress? What is it worth for a woman to be present and relaxed and pain and intervention-free during the birth of her child? What is it worth worth for a person to be able to get a raise and to advance in one's career because you've gotten rid of their performance anxiety? Think about how much money your smoking client spends over their lifetime on cigarettes. Usually it's like $300 a month. So what is that over a lifetime? How much does the weight loss client spend on things like programs and health clubs and diet books and special foods, not to mention the money people spend trying to escape their unhappy lives through alcohol, drugs, gambling, vacations, any number of other distractions. The work that we do gives clients a lifetime of benefit, and that's worth something. I keep track of what my clients say right after a session and what they tell me about their experience with me. And I've heard everything from that was the most amazing experience I've ever had to that's the best money I've ever spent to everybody should do this. My personal favorite was a client who opened her eyes after a session and said to me, I love you. (laughs) So clients see the value in the work we do unless we devalue it by not charging or cheapening our services with huge discounts. So People who are looking for transformation need to know that they can trust the person that they are considering working with and that their practitioner is confident in helping them achieve the results that they want. If we cut our prices in order to be competitive, we are communicating that we don't have confidence. We don't value our services. We're desperate to get clients. We aren't busy. Why would the client want to work with a practitioner who is desperate, doesn't value their own services, and doesn't have other people they're working with? Why would the client value us any more than we value ourselves? Low prices and free sessions say, I don't believe in myself enough to charge what I'm worth. I don't know about you, but that's not the person I want in my corner when I'm trying to make some major transformation in my life. Now, I'm going to scroll out a bit here and look at undercharging for hypnotherapy from a broader perspective. As hypnotherapists, we know how powerful hypnotherapy can be. I have personally treated thousands of clients. I have helped people resolve long-standing effects of sexual abuse, childhood trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder. I've helped clients plagued with OCD no longer be bothered by their thoughts, no longer have to manage themselves by performing rituals. I've helped clients who've been in therapy for years resolve what had been unresolved in a relatively short period of time. And this isn't me bragging. 
This is the power of hypnotherapy. This is what we are all capable of doing. But unfortunately, there are still people who see hypnosis as mind control, as party tricks, somebody doing something nasty to a chair in a bar under the control of a hypnotist. I think as hypnotherapists, we all have a responsibility to legitimize hypnosis. We have a responsibility to educate the public about the power of the mind. And when we give hypnosis away for free or we undercut our colleagues to be competitive, we make the entire field of hypnosis look bad. We cheapen ourselves and we cheapen hypnotherapy. We make ourselves no better than the stage hypnotist who embarrasses somebody on stage making hypnosis look like a circus act. We encourage a shady perspective of hypnosis when we don't charge. We feed into the mindset that hypnosis isn't worth anything. It's not real. It's not legitimate. It isn't a viable source of transformation. It is bad enough that people ask us if we're going to make them bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken. It's bad enough that hypnotherapy is not currently covered by medical, at least in Canada. It's bad enough that we have X-rated hypnotists in bars adding to the misconceptions of hypnosis. It's bad enough that in movies, people in hypnosis have seizures, get nosebleeds, rob banks, kill people. It's bad enough that we get classified with street hypnotists who drop people onto the ground using shock inductions and then sort of poke fun at them while they're there. I implore you, don't add to all of that by cheapening hypnosis and devaluing the important work we do. Most of the people who train with me come for training because they themselves have experienced hypnotherapy and have gotten results, and they know how transformative it can be. So please value the results we can get, results you yourself may have experienced. So obviously, in case you've missed it, I have a real issue with people giving away sessions for free. You may think that it's going to help you to establish yourself in your practice or that if you give discounted sessions, you're going to get energy moving in your practice. People are going to start showing up. But instead, what you do is you shoot yourself in the foot as a hypnotherapist and you make all hypnotherapists look bad. When you're giving away sessions for free or giving a a deep discount on a session, you're making yourself look as though you lack confidence. You make yourself look no better than somebody who's doing cheap parlor tricks, who's using hypnosis for surface reasons. So what I would do if you're struggling with this is really do some work on yourself. Examine your own beliefs around your abilities and your skills. Examine your beliefs around money so that you're not carrying any limiting beliefs you might have picked up from your parents or from childhood into your practice. Start thinking about what you want to charge, what the transformation is worth, and practice saying it with confidence. Now, sometimes people are afraid that if they charge what they believe the transformation is worth, they're not going to get enough clients. But trust me, clients find a way to pay for things that are important to them. And it's actually a great way to screen out the client who isn't really committed to their goal. If you charge a decent fee for your services, the people who are not that committed aren't going to show up. The people who are committed, the very fact that they're putting down good money, money that was maybe hard for them to come by, are even more committed to getting results. So some things to think about for you. I hope that you enjoyed this show. I will be back next Friday between 2.30 and 3. You can also catch these shows. There's more than 50 of them that I've done now um, on Blog Talk Radio or in iTunes. 
Or you can go to the Cash Canada, C-A-C-H-E, Canada.com website, where we have these shows archived in the members section. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye.